Viewmasters. It's the podcast that we do. Viewmasters. Talk about movies that we view. Viewmasters. My friend Eric and me, Joe. Viewmasters. Hey, let's start the show. Hey, welcome to the Viewmasters, episode 273. A most violent year. My name is Eric. My name is Joe. Hello, Joe. Hello, Eric. How are you, sir? Most violent. Oh, that is unfortunate. (laughs) I thought it fit the theme. Okay. (laughs) How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Excellent. Uh, B minus. Yeah, all right. Hey, B minus is better than a C plus. That's right? way better than average. <laughs> I'll take it. Thank you, sir. <laughs> and how are you? Oh, I'm fine. That's good to hear. <laughs> I am not violent. Also, that that is even better to hear. Actually. Yeah, I'm I'm medicated, so I'm not violent anymore. Well, Jeremy Anderson will be uh, happy to do that. <laughs> I do check in with him every now and then just to be like, hey, I haven't hit anybody recently. <laughs> Hope you're doing well. <laughs> I never hear back from him. It's weird. <clears throat> that That is weird. Well, he's busy. He's got a wife and kid, right? That's true. Yeah. yeah. He's got a lot, of, a lot of irons and fires. Sure, that sounds like him. I feel like he's in a cryptocurrency now, if I'm not mistaken. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> uh, oh. Let's hope he uh, invested heavily in turtle coin. I hope so. <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> yeah, Bro- Brooklyn Nine-Nine has been so good this year. It has. I thought the first two episodes were a little shaky, but then the other episodes uh, have been fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually, I had to look up uh, what the what the Patrick Ewing thing was oh, that, I don't. Uh, that he bought. In the, it, it was some oh, yeah. like NBA okay. NFT, basically. I forget what it was called, <laughs> like a Slam Jam or something. <laughs> I don't know, some made up bullshit. Sure. <laughs> but like, oh great, we're we're making fun of NFTs today. I am all in for this. No, yeah, I'm I'm always on board for that. Uh, uh I was uh I don't know why this makes me think of it. I was listening to a podcast earlier today. Uh it was about Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but for some reason, oh, because they, they started talking about uh, Todd McFarlane. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, there you go. Because <laughs> uh, McFarlane is like the first, or he tried to get a Hannibal, fi- a Hannibal Lecter figure made, but uh, could never get the rights. Uh, but they went off on this like small tangent about Todd McFarlane and how he got the uh, Sammy Sosa Mark McGuire balls uh-huh. and then had to sell them to uh, pay off a, uh, a hockey player who he defamed. Right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's I'm surprised that or or, or if they have been uh, if there are spawn NFTs uh, already. Uh, I have not heard about them, but if there are not, I am surprised. Uh, you know what? I am too. I, I figured he would be right on top of that. Yeah. 
Well, he was too, probably too busy launching Spawn Universe. That's true. That's true. <laughs> A thing everybody clamored for in 1993. <laughs> He's finally given us. It's And you know what? The thing is, the script was actually written in 1993 as well. And it shows... <laughs> I did. I read. Uh, I read the Spawn Universe one shot, mm-hmm. and I read King Spawn number one. I think I read Spawn Universe, but uh, I just kind of skimmed through King Spawn. I actually uh, enjoyed King Spawn more. All right, is it because it had a haunt story in it? Uh, no, actually, I didn't know anything about haunt going okay. in, and still really don't know anything about haunts even yeah. after having read that story. That's fine. I, I read, like, the first ten issues, and I still don't know what what was about. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, I was like, this is this is my time to jump on to Spawn, finally. <laughs> so I figured I'd give it a shot. And uh, not, not a good jumping on point at all. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Um, yeah, I... Uh, I mean, I I was certainly all in on the the Image Comics bandwagon when when it first started in the early '90s, uh, and definitely you know Spawn was my guy, you know, alongside Savage Dragon. Uh, but you know, I I eventually came to realize that eh, the stories aren't good. Yeah, I'm pretty much entirely in it for Todd McFarlane art, and then he stopped doing the art. <laughs> And, uh, so I stopped buying. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? If Todd McFarlane announced tomorrow that he was actually drawing something for more than a handful of pages, I'd buy it. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. Yeah. He's a good artist. Yes, he is. I mean, you know, it's been pointed out that he's, you know, terrible at anatomy and layout and, you know, storytelling, but, uh, he's dynamic and... He taps into that 90s kind of thing that I like without having all the 90s kind of things that I hate. Right. Yeah, that makes total sense. (laughs) Though also he has a shitload of chains. Well, sure. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Have have you seen the new Venom? (laughs) Uh, The... the, I, I saw the free comic book day preview. Okay for it uh i i read like the last issue of the previous venom series the donny cates ryan stegman one yeah and it introduced the new venom which is eddie brock's son right uh and venom's got chains now oh i i didn't notice that he had chains that's awesome yeah yeah. because because now the symbiote doesn't live inside of his kid it's uh when when he's not Venom, uh, the symbiote turns into a, a black dog that he leads around on a chain. Oh, interesting. Okay. And, and then he forms like a giant, you know, venom shell around him. And then he has like chains around his wrists like pit. All right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The 90s are back, baby. Yeah. Kids love chains. LLC. <laughs> I did actually, so when I saw that that uh, uh, Eddie Brock's son is the new Venom, I was like, wait, isn't Eddie Brock's son a child? Uh-huh. But then, and then I started thinking about, like, it'd be kind of fun to have, you know, like, this child trying to control this just murderous symbiote. 
Sure. And then I realized that it's basically your Dexter pitch for like Will Dexter. <laughs> Dexter and his dark passenger. Yep. Yeah, a little bit. So, yeah, I think we should do that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I got a lot of heat from a friend of mine uh, about my little Dexter pitch. Really? Yeah, she was very upset that I called Deb bratty in my little uh, write-up. <laughs> She's a, she's a sister archetype in this right. pitch. Yeah. Like, what do, like you, what do you want? She, she grows up to be a fine woman, but when she's a kid, she's a little brat. Yeah. She, she, there's got to be a foil for Dexter and the Dark Passenger. Right. Foil slash love interest. <laughs> Dexter. I don't acknowledge that those seasons ever occur. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy how that show just ended after the fourth season. But what a way to go out. It's true. So perfect. <laughs> it's I can't weird wait that to they're see bringing it back next. now, right? I know, yeah. <laughs> How did he end up where he did? Who knows? No one knows. <laughs> where are all the characters that we know and love? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they all had a farewell party for him. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> you know, after, you know, he grieved for his dead wife for a while. Right. Yeah, no, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. All right. <laughs> He just needed a clean start. I would actually be super into it if that is what the show, The Returning Dexter, was. <laughs> it's just like a Superman Returns style. We only acknowledge the first four seasons. <laughs> Nothing else happened. That would be bold. I'd, yeah, I'd appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> just wait for Jennifer Carpenter to walk through the door at the end of the first episode and then we'll know. Yep. <laughs> Uh, uh, anyway, this is a movie podcast where we talk exclusively about movies. Exclusively. <laughs> we have only been talking for the last 11 minutes about a most violent year. Right. <laughs> or as I called it in a text to you earlier, uh, Oscar and Jessica's super sexy crime time. And uh, I didn't want to text back to you, but uh, you're a little off the mark. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I did not know uh, what this movie was truly about, uh, other than, you know, I mean, Oscar Isaac in a crime drama with Jessica Chastain. Please sign me up. Absolutely. Uh, even though I said that, I then took seven years to actually watch it. Because uh, <laughs> this movie came out in 2014. Right. Um, uh, but yeah, I didn't know what the plot was going to be. I didn't know what this is about. I just sort of vaguely knew crime stuff uh, with very sexy people. Uh, and, uh, you know... Uh, it, it seems to to be a recurring theme now. Uh, just another drama about real estate. Yeah, yeah, and closing. <laughs> Gotta be closing. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, and, and there's also <laughs> very little violence in this movie. There is, yeah. I mean, there there is some. Right. Um, and and the the moments of violence did shock me every time. Sure. <laughs> like there there are 
there were more jump scares in this movie than I expected there to be. Uh, um, there, there was one that really got me, but but we'll get into that probably. Uh, okay, probably. I imagine it's one of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this I I like my my impression of it going in was that you know Oscar Isaac is maybe like a like a crime boss or something. Yeah. That is. And uh, yeah, and that... and no, not really at all. <laughs> yeah. Um. He is. Uh, this movie is... Uh, I feel like I say this all the time. It's weird. Uh, <laughs> uh, but mostly in that it presents this character who is clearly into some shady stuff. Mm-hmm. But also like is so in like the lightest of gray areas in with within that shade. <laughs> Like, like he comes off very moral in this movie. Yeah. But also still willing to be completely immoral about everything, too. Yeah. No, I think that's a good description. I mean, it's sort of like what he says, what he says at the end about doing, like, everything that he did was the most right way to do it. So, like, yes. you know, even if it wasn't, you know... Like the, it, it, it's all gray. Basically, is is what he's saying. Is you know, there's degrees of of right and wrong, right? And and you know, he tries to mitigate the wrong as much as he can. And, and it, I feel he's mostly successful in that. I feel like that too. Yeah, I mean, you know, there there are definitely decision points throughout the movie that he could have taken to to do less right things, you know, whether it's, you know, arming the drivers or, uh, or, you know, getting, getting his wife's family involved who, who, you know, we don't, we don't know outright, but it's pretty heavily implied that, uh, that Jessica Chastain's character's family is, uh, real bad people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, and, and, and he chooses not to do that. So, yeah. you know, yeah, he's trying at least. Yeah. And I'm gonna. I was honestly shocked that like her family never came into the picture at all. I was too. Yeah, like the, one of the first conversations that they have is like she says something about getting her brother involved, right? And and he's like, no, no, don't do that. And I was like, all right, that's Chekhov's brother. Yep. You know, he's gonna show up at some point. <laughs> well, someone's brother does, and he was never mentioned in the first act. That's true. <laughs> And never heard from again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually didn't realize that they had kids uh, at first until the scene where Jessica Chastain gets home and <laughs> their daughter uh, is playing with a loaded gun. Like, at uh, first I was like, who are those children? <laughs> Why are okay, they come there? On, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm dumb. All right, <laughs> that's that's fair. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, this is a really good movie. It was super good. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it was just it was riveting. Yeah, uh, it is. It's it's. Uh, it's. I'm gonna say it. The perfect length. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, just it's 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 it, it is slowly paced, but but it is all building to something. Uh, and even though that something is still pretty open ended by the the end of the movie, it was still really satisfying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it is just methodical in what it's doing, and uh, I'm honestly disappointed that this movie doesn't get talked about a lot. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird that more people don't talk about it, especially with how both Oscar Isaac and Jessica Chastain have sort of taken off. Right. In the years since it came out. Being the two sexiest people in the face of the planet. Right. (laughs) Well, I think that's why I had this on, on my mind to, to pick was because of their show that's coming out. Okay. Uh, scenes from a marriage, which I believe is an HBO limited series. Um, so I'd seen stuff where they were doing press for it, and I think it reminded me of of this movie. So maybe by by virtue of that coming out, more people will start paying attention to this movie as well. That would be awesome. And also, isn't Scenes from a Marriage that Adam Driver movie from last year? <laughs> that is Marriage Story. Okay. <laughs> that is a different <laughs> marriage crumbling project. From two other very sexy people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which we'll get to that too. That'll be part of our Adam Driver series. Oh, of course. That, that is uh, the stated goal of this podcast. Every Oscar Isaac movie, every Adam Driver movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah. I was, yeah, just, yeah, just, I, I don't, I don't even really know, like, how to talk about it. Cause yeah, you're right. It is. It's mostly about just like real estate. Like he's trying to buy, <laughs> he's trying to buy this, this, uh, so he, he runs a like fuel distributor. Yes. And he, and he's trying to buy this, uh, lot like abandoned fuel distribution lot. That's like right next to his existing lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would be a big step up in the business for him. Um, meanwhile, he's dealing with like all of these basically like robberies and intimidation, uh, of, of his employees, uh, and, the investigation by, I'm not sure who was it like the DA? It was the DA. Yes. Okay. Um, David David Yeah. (laughs) Wait, you say it again and I'll say it again and we'll see who got it right. (laughs) David Oyelowo? Uh David Oyelowo, I believe. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. We're I, I'm 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 a bad white person. So uh, am I. <laughs> <laughs> um but but yeah, so he's so he's got that going on and uh and just like like conflict with his wife and and it's just there's there's a lot going on and it's all really good. And the movie's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the, I think, best aspects for me anyway was that you see him dealing, like, with his competitors. Like, there, there's a very tense scene early on at a barber shop, uh, which, which, you know, has a really good payoff towards the end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's just like it, it builds like 
to to some other scenes and, and other things going on and everything that's affecting him. And like it is enough that still like 30 minutes into the movie, I'm thinking, well, is he a gangster? Because it's all <laughs> very mafia like it, it is all run like like organized crime. And, and like he meets with like the heads of the families that run all these other oil companies. Right. <laughs> and it feels like this should just be a scene in The Godfather or something. And, like, they meet, like, in a back room of an Italian restaurant or something. I'm just like, <laughs> this is classic mob stuff, but it's, you know, about the heating industry. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> but also, you do get the sense that at least some of these people are very mobbed up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Whether they actually are or not. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, um, it's just, yeah, there, there's just, like, yeah, it's it's weird, like, it's it's this sort of subdued crime movie. It's, it's yeah. interesting, totally very interesting. Uh, I think another thing that I absolutely loved about this movie is that it is a period piece. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least not that I heard throughout never once is there just an obnoxious needle drop <laughs> of like the hits of 1981 or anything like that. Right. Yeah. There, there's period music at the beginning, but even the, the Marvin Gaye song is from like the seventies. Right. Um, and, and, and like, that's the thing that, that always like that I think about, like it has, become a thing to me like in the past couple of years just i really hate needle drops in movies yeah I, I hate movies with just i i guess what i would call them obvious soundtracks sure yeah uh like like i think quentin tarantino and james gunn both do a good job of picking like just obscure enough music to enhance what they're doing that, that it never truly bothers me. But then, like, you know, someone like David O. Russell, like, like I just keep thinking back to American Hustle. And, like, I turned that movie off, like, 30 minutes in. Because after, like, the sixth, you know, song from, like, 1973 or whatever, like, major hit or whatever, <laughs> it was just like, man, he is just trying so hard to be Martin Scorsese, and it's fucking terrible. <laughs> I feel uh, like this is something that I heard that like I don't know if you listen to the Freedom podcast at all, but I feel like sure. this, is, this I feel like this is something that they talked about there, where like just like when when a movie is a period piece and it uses movie or music from the specific year, right? Like that's not how music works. No, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's actually kind of what I was getting to was was like you know you mentioning the Marvin Gaye song. It was like yeah, people from you know. Like, if somebody made a music, like, of 2021, like, you know, about my life, they'd be hearing music from, like, 1996, because that's when I gave a shit about music. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been I've been listening to R.E.M. and Rage Against the Machine for the, the past week. Right? <laughs> and none of that is from the past ten years. Exactly. Like, I couldn't tell you a hit song from this year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who's popular. 
you haven't you haven't listened to to WAP. Was that even this year or was that last year? I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you should, I I heard that song uh for the first time a couple weeks ago. Jenny made me listen to it. Uh it's it's a time. You should you should look up the video for it. Oh, okay. It's really something. Okay. I will do that after the show here. (laughs) It's WAP. Okay. All right. By Megan D. Stallion. All righty. I I will will look that up then. Excellent. I hope all the listeners look that up as well. Yeah, because if you're listening to this show, clearly you don't know what's happening either. So. Uh, but yeah, no, it was just, that was one of those things, like, they just didn't need to do that, and, and I, I so appreciated that, and they're never even, I don't think they even mention what year it is, like, they're just, you know, it's relying on, on cars and clothes alone to tell you that, uh, it's not taking place in the now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, or, they're, they're... Or, you know, just technology in general. Right, yeah, there's, like, a title card early on, maybe, but other than that. No, nobody's like it's 1981 for christ's sake <laughs> what are we doing here <laughs> i don't know why they sound like that <laughs> tell I, I think this takes place in new york right it, it does that's true yeah. all right <laughs> there's and again a lot of gangstery type people <laughs> i think one of the characters does actually sound like that i think you're right uh, like, I guess the Teamster leader that is trying to convince uh, Albert Brooks to uh, arm all the drivers. Right. Because uh, Albert Brooks is in this movie. Albert Brooks is so good in this movie. He is great, despite the wig. Yeah, the wig's pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not sure why they made that choice, but, uh, you know, all right, fine. <laughs> it was a period accurate wig. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think I know what Albert Brooks' hair looks like these days, but uh, or, yeah, that's true. You know, I guess seven I, years ago, I guess I don't really either. I just I picture his, you know, eighties and nineties hair. Yeah, same. Uh, but yeah, he's he, uh, yeah, a, a dramatic Albert Brooks role is is always welcome for me. Uh, I agree. He is great at them. Uh, I mean, I I like Albert Brooks in pretty much anything as is uh like like i saw uh defending your life when i was young and and i thought that was hilarious even though i probably didn't understand it right (laughs) (laughs) we watched that fairly uh, recently and it holds up really well say what we watched uh defending your life fairly recently and it holds up really well Oh, yeah, I saw it a couple months ago. It was on HBO Max for a while. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was really good. Uh, but, of course, also, you know, his, his second best role as Hick Scorpio in The Simpsons. That's always the first thing I think of. Legitimately. <laughs> it's, uh, that is one of the best episodes of all time. <laughs> A most violent year. Yes, sorry. <laughs> I was I was stifling a cough. It's all right. I'm, I'm drinking a beer. Excellent. 
I, you know, if if I had if I had a complaint, mm-hmm. it's that I wish that uh, Jessica Chastain had been in more of it because it's yeah. it's very definitely uh, Oscar Isaac's movie. He's in just about every scene, pretty um, much, yeah, except for maybe like two of them between you know Albert Brooks and and David Yellowo and then the Teamster leader. Yep. Um but yeah like like Jessica Chastain I feel like her her character is was fascinating and we get maybe just the tiniest glimpse of her not not the full the the full Chastain if you will. <laughs> Does so yeah, that I just I, mean you wanted to see her naked. I mean, <laughs> not specifically. You're, you're a sexist pig, Joe. Uh, I know. <laughs> I wanted to see both of them naked, both her and Oscar Isaac. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna deny that either. <laughs> and Albert Brooks. Let's just do it. Sure, why not? <laughs> uh, but no, I yeah, I just I wanted to see more of her. Uh, outside of just her interactions with uh, with her husband. Yeah, uh, this movie definitely does not pass the Bechdel test for sure. No. <laughs> uh, she might be one of three women in this movie. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> because there's, uh, there's her, there's the uh, woman who runs like the competing fuel business that Oscar goes to uh, hand in hat or hat in hand. Right. Uh, and then the, the lady DA uh-huh. who I think maybe has one audible line in the entire movie. Yeah. I noticed that, that actress, uh, Ashley Williams, I, I recognize her from how I met your mother. Yes. Um, but I noticed that she got a special thanks in the credits. So I wonder if there was more for her to do that got cut. Huh? It, yeah. Possible. Uh, I, I did not recognize her. I mean, I've, I've seen him, him, but, uh, <laughs> uh she, she, uh, did not register with me. Uh, but, but I caught the name because it is, of course, uh, the name of Bruce Campbell's character in The Evil Dead. Of course. <laughs> there is, uh, the, the other female character that I remember having a line is, uh, Elizabeth Marvel's character. Oh, um, oh yeah. The, the the I guess helps set a trap for <laughs> for one of Oscar Isaac's employees. Yeah, yeah. That, and I that, only remember her because her name is Elizabeth Marvel. Yeah, uh, I've seen her in a few things here and there. Uh, I think she was on True Blood. I can't recall exactly, but uh, yeah, yeah, she does have a cool last name. Uh, and they never go back to. Like what that scene was about? No, not at all. <laughs> like, like I figured, like you know, because the the movie opens with uh, one of his employees getting you know truck jacked, basically. Yeah, uh, and left on the side of the highway, uh, and then that character like keeps coming back throughout the movie to to you know some real pivotal moments. Yeah. Uh, and I figured, okay, they're setting up like a secondary thing, you know, with, with this fresh faced, you know, uh, guy, but, uh, you know, yeah, he like, he, he comes back to, to the office after getting beat up and that's, that's the last we see of him. Yeah. Yeah. That was real weird. Yeah. Uh, 
but yeah, like like and I I thought you know like the the scene where it's setting up that character and like the other characters like the these young sales folk, I figure, you know that was going to play into it more, but it never really did. Yeah, like it. I I thought maybe it would just be, like this is just what this is what Oscar Isaac's day to day is like. This right. is how he onboards new employees. <laughs> So we see that, you know, he's he's a, a good charismatic businessman. Yeah. And he is. And he is, definitely. Uh but you know, and and uh you know like I said, a little shady, but but not super shady. Yeah. Uh and also willing to get his hands dirty as he engages in a uh, car chase. Yeah, you know what I wasn't expecting in this movie? <laughs> a car chase. <laughs> Yeah, and then a, a foot chase through the city and into the subway. Uh, that got real tense. It was so tense. Uh, Super tense. Yeah. The uh, the car chase, though, reminded me of uh, playing Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> All right. And just uh, how I hate those levels. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, cause it's real tense there, but like the, you know, the stakes are higher cause I'm trying to not crash the car. Right. And in this, I'm just hoping that he doesn't crash the car, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like I, my, I had a, so many thoughts during that sequence. <laughs> like, did they know that he, well, obviously they knew they were being followed, but yeah, like, they, were they, were they leading him into an ambush? Like was what was gonna happen? Were they gonna? Was he gonna find what he wanted to find? Right. Like was he was he gonna get shot? I mean, yeah. It was it was it was just a great, well executed sequence. It really was. Uh, definitely, I, I would say uh, one of the highlights of this movie for sure. Well, one of the great set pieces of this movie. Yeah, I was, I really liked uh, the way that when he was chasing the guy on foot. I liked the way that that was shot. Like, there's just the an angle of him running that was so disorienting. I don't know what it was <laughs> that made it so disorienting, but it was like like he was he was all over the frame and the camera was moving all over. But it also felt like it was a steady cam, so it mm-hmm. wasn't shaky. Yeah. It was just it was it was really cool. Uh, it could I think. You know, I, I've never seen any other movie by the director, J.C. Chandor, I believe. Yeah, I don't think I have either. Uh, but, but uh, you know, just going on, on, on this alone, you know, in lesser hands, like, that foot chase could have been a fucking mess. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, like just close-ups and shaky and nauseating. Uh, but, but, you know, it was clear, the action was clear the entire time. Uh, and still maintained, you know, really good tension. Uh, especially because, like, <laughs> I don't know if you thought this at all, but, you know, they show Oster Isaac, like, th- the movie opens with him running. Right. Like, like he, and shows a couple other times that he is just an avid, avid, uh, you know, runner. Like, you know, just, just for, you know, exercise and joy. Right. And so, like, every time he started chasing somebody, I was like, you're gonna catch him. <laughs> you know what you're doing. <laughs> I did have that thought. Like the running, <laughs> the early running sequences were setting up him chasing someone. 
Like, I first thought it when uh, the guy shows up at the, the outside of his house. Yeah. Uh, and he chases him through the snow. I was like, catch him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, at least we know, you know, he probably would have kept chasing him if he hadn't cut the shit out of his foot. Right. Yeah. Uh, also, you know, running through snow is, uh, is barefoot is not great. That's true. That's that's uh, a good point as well. Yeah. Uh, I loved the fact that this was set in the winter. I, yeah. I feel like not enough movies are set in the winter that's also not at Christmas time. Yeah. Uh, and it just, I don't know, it just made me feel good. <laughs> it does, uh, it just adds a little extra something to it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, going back you know, 39 topics ago, you know, uh, uh, you are absolutely right about, uh, Jessica Chastain's role. Like she's great in what she does have to do. Uh, but, but sometimes I felt like her role was just being distilled to, you know, cranky mobster's daughter sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, she's, she's mostly just sort of a dramatic foil for, for Oscar Isaac's character. Yeah. Um, and I mean, uh, the, the scenes that they have together are fantastic. Sure. I just wanted more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, absolutely. You know, like, ah, uh, so, uh, one of the jump scares I'm guessing was the deer. Yes. That was definitely one of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, that, yeah, it was just like, oh shit. You know, like, like things have, have turned. Yeah. But then it never really did. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was when they hit the deer first and then when she kills the deer, like yeah. it just in the span of, of a minute to just like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. Yeah, it, it like I, I, I had been tired and was maybe starting to doze a little bit up to that point. And then from that <laughs> point on, no, <laughs> not at all. Uh, but, you know, I felt like that was really gonna change the movie into, like, just her being sort of, like, a manipulative mastermind, you know, or, or forcing him to do the things that he clearly just does not want to do. Yeah. Uh, but, but it doesn't ever really turn that way. Yeah. Uh, the closest it gets is, like, when she reveals that she's been embezzling money. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> The whole time. <laughs> yeah, I, I almost, I feel like him accepting that and, and taking that money to, to, to finish off the, the land purchase deal is a real, it's a big turning point for him, yeah. but it's not, but it's not played that way. No, it's, not at all. It's, I mean, the, the whole thing is just so understated. Um, and then, yeah, the way that that scene, like the, the last five minutes, basically, you know, where they sign the deal and then are on the property and the, the guy comes back and the way that whole scene plays out, mm -hmm. uh, is just so, you know, indicative of, of how far he has come and, and how far he has maybe fallen right in the process. Yeah, just really well done. I love that there's a direct through line from the first scene to the last scene. Like, yeah. it's just, I, 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 I love it. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's, 
I also love that throughout the entire movie, like like no matter what he eventually winds up doing, Oscar Isaac is right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know him summing up, you know, at the end to to uh, the DA character. I'm not going to try pronouncing his name again. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like like you said, you know, him choosing the most right path. Like, you just... Like, even when he's trying to, to convince his guys not to have guns in the truck, like, you know, he's like, you know he's right. You know it's going to escalate. And, like, I just did not expect it to be, like, from the character that does it. Right. Uh, and, and, like, and that whole scene is amazing, too. Like, when he, and, and when he just decides to run instead of, you know, staying behind and letting the cops deal with it. Like, if he'd have done that, like, things would have been better for him. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, but then, you know, then there's sort of what the final twist of the movie is, is like the whole thing leading up to that final conversation with, with the DA and both of them realizing that they can use each other. Yeah. To, to do probably way more nefarious things. Right. (laughs) Well, yeah, I, I, I like that turn for, for the DA character as well. Like, you know, that it's, it again goes back to the 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 gray areas and you know politics is all that's all politics mm-hmm. is oh yeah so you know there's what? there's justice and then there's politics and they don't necessarily go hand in hand right and, and it feels like it, it's just an extension of what had been happening to to Oscar Isaac throughout anyway absolutely where you know he's he's being you know manipulated and shafted by like his competitors and now he's got to deal with like the this political thing now too yeah uh and realizing that it's probably just better off if he you know plays ball right uh but man what a great fucking movie this one yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i you know i was thinking about you know whether i would watch it again Mm -hmm. and i think i absolutely would watch it again as would i the, uh, the performances are all great. Yep. The story is captivating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and even just, like, as a movie just to have on, I feel like it would be really just <laughs> kind of comforting in a weird way. A little bit. Yeah, I can see that. Like, the the way that I find Nightcrawler to be comforting. I, I totally get that. Yeah. <laughs> Zodiac and other <laughs> fucked up movies. <laughs> I would say this one is by far the least fucked up of the ones you just mentioned. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I still just don't inherently trust Jake Gyllenhaal because of Nightcrawler. Yeah, that's totally reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, and I like that, you know, it is this crime drama, but it's so small. Like, like it, it ends on, like, the, the implication that it would be bigger, you know, yeah. post this movie. But, you know, like, I, I mean, I don't want to see a sequel or anything like right. that. <laughs> uh, but, but you know, it, it is so small stakes for, like, everything else in the world. But, but like, big stakes for just this one person, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
going back to the sequel thing real quick, you know, the podcast I was listening to about Silence of the Lambs, uh, they, uh, you, I, I'm assuming you've seen it. Uh, Silence of the Lambs? Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Just making sure you've never yeah. seen a Dracula movie. So That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, they, they say like the movie ends perfectly with Hannibal Lecter, like giving the final phone call to Clarice, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, telling her that he's going to have a friend for dinner. And, uh, he's like, it's the scene that made everybody think that they wanted five Hannibal sequels, <laughs> <laughs> but it really shouldn't have happened that way. Yeah, really should not. <laughs> <laughs> And I say this as somebody who actually likes Hannibal and Red Dragon. Sure. <laughs> uh, but also, you know, they're clearly not as good as Silence of the Lamb. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but at least the TV show makes up for it. Oh, I love the TV show. It's so fucking good. I gotta rewatch it. <laughs> You're talking about Clarice, right? Oh, yeah. The, the yeah. CBS uh, crime procedural? Yes. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Love Clarice. <laughs> Gone too soon. R.I.P. <laughs> oh no, they canceled it. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> I did. I I remembered one other thing that I wanted to say about okay. a most violent year. I'll allow um, it. Th- thank you. <laughs> um, the accents that uh, that Oscar Isaac and Jessica Chastain are doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, at first, I was like. Oh, this is really iffy accent work. Like, I don't, I don't know about this. I don't really like it. But then, like, as I as I watched them, and and basically, it's like they speak, you know, relatively accent free, uh, except for every now and then, like like Oscar Isaac has a has a Hispanic accent that comes out every now and then, mm-hmm. uh, and Jessica Chastain has, I'm not sure what, like a like, like a Brooklynish. Yeah, like a Harley Quinn Brooklyn accent every yeah. now and then that pops uh, out. I think he does mention that like her family is from Brooklyn. So okay, yeah, that makes sense. During one of the they're gangsters implications, right? <laughs> but, uh, like, I think actually he flat out states that they are gangsters. But, okay, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, like the way that like the 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 way that I that I read it was like these are people who have tried to get away from their pasts Mm -hmm. and every now and then it just comes out and, and they can't, you know, can't control it. But you know, it, it, it led me from, Oh, this is kind of iffy accent work to, wow, this is a really good choice (laughs) that both of them are making. Yeah. And and I ended up really liking it and really enjoying it. Uh, I like, I would, I mean, I don't know much about Oscar Isaac's, uh, you know, hair. I mean, I know his heritage, but I don't know about his, you know, how he grew up or anything like that. Sure. But I just assumed that might be kind of just his natural accent. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but but yeah, absolutely. It's it's a it's a status thing, you know, in order to be this rich affluent couple that they so want to be, they have put on these airs. But then when they get stressed out or angry or, you know, have a flare up, then like those natural voices just come back. Yeah. Uh, And and usually in private, uh, usually only with each other or with someone that they know fairly well. Right. Uh, Yeah, it's it's a great choice. This whole movie was sad. More people should watch it. Yeah. (laughs) 
I'm glad we're promoting it to our five listeners. If that. <laughs> uh, of course, you know, it would also help if it was on the right streaming service. That's true. Yeah, I'm sorry. I thought it was on Prime. <laughs> uh, no big worries. Uh, yeah, you, I, you told me last week when you picked it and... So I went to Prime to add it to my watch list, and uh, it, it was not available on Prime. <laughs> At least not free on Prime. Yeah, I think I think I saw it listed with the Prime symbol, but it's like it's free with a Showtime add-on or something. Uh, so okay. it, it tricked me. It's all right, uh, but it was on Canopy, so that that uh, solved that matter. Yes, and Canopy yeah. is free, so hooray. yes, it is. God bless the library system. Maybe yes. the only thing America does okay? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> oh, we're fucked. <laughs> oh, you don't know this. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Most Violent Year, very good. Yes, highly recommended. Definitely. Uh, do you have any any uh, anything bringing you joy this week? Yes, uh, one thing I can't talk about publicly, and the other thing, which is the return of what we do in the shadows. Yay! <laughs> I fucking love that show. That, yeah, the the uh, premiere was last week. Yeah, and it was yep. it's so great. Yes. I love Guillermo. Just a goddamn delight. I, I like how Guillermo has evolved over the course of the series, and now he just doesn't give a fuck. Yep. It's awesome. Uh, and it looks like we're getting Christian Schall as a regular this season. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's a good thing. I, I I'm really glad that that's back as well. Uh, what about you, sir? Uh, this week, uh, this coming weekend, I am going to a real live actual comic book convention. What the what? I know. They're, they're back and better than ever. Are they? <laughs> With masks and proof of vaccination, they are. I, I hope for your sake that that uh, works out for you. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I bought some new masks. I'm going to double up. Alrighty. And uh try to avoid people the best I can. But uh <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm excited to be uh to be out among comics again. Uh what what uh, show is this? It's uh Rose City Comic Con in Portland. Okie doke. Which is, is a bit of a trip for you? It's uh like a four hour drive. It's a bit of a trip. So it's a little bit of a trip, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'll uh, go down there and uh, stay for the weekend and do the show. And I'm going to do some interviews while I'm there for the beat. Awesome. And uh, just try and do some general, you know, what is going to a convention during a pandemic-like coverage. That would be awesome. So yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, can I give you a list of things to look out for me? Absolutely. <laughs> please do. <laughs> Yeah, all right, you uh, you said you agreed. I did. Yeah, I yeah. I love to hunt for stuff, especially if it's for other people. All right, <laughs> I, I won't inundate you. No, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> I will inundate you. <laughs> I'm excellent. <laughs> oh boy, do you, oh. do you have a movie in mind for next week? I do. Uh, and. and <laughs> Oh, I, I, I 
did not pick this movie until a couple hours ago, and then when I did, I thought, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick it, and I'm gonna make a rhyme out of it." But, oh, uh, oh no! <laughs> I, I will not be embarrassing myself uh, with that. And uh, just saying that the uh, movie that I would like to watch, uh, if, if you have not seen it, uh, it is a Netflix film. It is a biopic uh, about uh, black exploitation actor Rudy Ray Moy. Rudy. Yeah, Rudy Ray Moore. Okay. Uh, it is called Dolomite Is My Name. Okay. Uh, starring Eddie Murphy. Uh, about, uh, like I said, uh, Rudy Ray Moore, who was a, a uh, played a fairly infamous black exploitation character called Dolomite. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, he, he was a, a comedian and sort of proto rapper back in the 70s. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I've uh, been wanting to watch it for a while, and, and a couple weeks ago I said, you know, eh, I want to try to consciously pick more, you know, person of color-led films, and uh, this one was on my list, so so nice. let's do it. I like that the first one that you picked with that in mind was Steel. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, I could have picked Blade. True, but, you could have. Know, seen that a hundred times, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I I have not seen this, and it, I've I've been interested in it, so definitely up for watching that. Awesome! Alrighty, then we will uh, do that next week and uh, probably talk about it. I would as- assume so. Yeah, you never <laughs> know even, how it goes. Maybe even record it for public consumption. <laughs> I mean, after two hundred seventy-three episodes, it'd be a first. <laughs> Talk to you next week. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Viewmasters. You can subscribe to the show directly at view.guttertrash.net or at iTunes and leave us a review. Visit view.guttertrash.net for email information and links to Facebook and Twitter. We'll see you next time on the Viewmasters. Viewmasters.